The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makerefu Gospel Church podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. I have a message entitled, God Speaks. Are you listening? God Speaks. Are you listening? Today we're going to begin by reading the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 5. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, from verse 1 to verse 5. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. This morning, we're going to look at two ways that God speaks to us. The first way that God speaks to us is through circumstances. God speaks to us through circumstances. Some people think that these wise men were misled to go to the palace to ask, where is the king of the Jews born? I used to think that myself. I thought that these people were were guilty causing the deaths of so many children because they went the wrong place at the wrong time. Instead of going to the manger where Jesus was born, they went to the palace. And in, in the course, of course, as you know, Herod ordered the death of all the children who were two years and younger. But now I have changed my mind. I don't think they made a mistake <laughs> because God had a message to deliver to Herod. Herod had to embrace the king of the Jews or reject him and suffer consequences. God, in his mysterious, mysterious ways, led these men to go to the palace and ask King Herod, you are the king, but there is a king who is being born, is the king of the... Where is he? Now, this troubled him. It troubled the whole of Jerusalem. You must understand that by this time, there were already rumors that there is something happening in Jerusalem. There's something going on in Israel. You may recall when Zechariah and Elizabeth were serving the Lord. God appeared to Zacharias and told him, we're going to have a son who will be the front runner of Jesus. 
And the Bible says when he was in the temple, because he doubted God's word, he became deaf and dumb. He came out from the temple, deaf and dumb. He could not hear or speak. That was a sign. That was something unusual happening. God was saying there's something about to happen in this nation. Now, as if that was not enough, uh, Mary, the cousin of Elizabeth, conceives by the power of the Holy Spirit. She's a virgin and conceives it supernaturally. It is possible people came to know about this and rumors continue to spread. There's something going on, something strange is happening in our country. When Jesus was born in the, in the manger, the angels of God officially came and announced his birth to a group of shepherds who were keeping sheep. And the Bible says in the sky there was a choir of many angels that sang a song glorifying God, another sign. Because those shepherds went and checked to see if what the angels had said were true, and indeed they found the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the Bible says they left rejoicing and spread the news everywhere. Hey, now, there's even more excitement. There are things happening. God is shaking and speaking to them that there is something new, something wonderful, something happening in your midst. Now, by this time, boy is probably about maybe a year old. Wise men come from the East. They come dressed in very exotic clothing. Their clothing is not the normal clothing they wear in Jerusalem. And they come to the palace and they say, we are following a star. What's going on? We're following a star. Yes, we follow the star from our home. And the star has led us to this city. Where is the king of the Jews? Remind you, they're now in the palace talking to Herod. And Herod has been hearing all the rumors of this boy that's being born. And what God is saying, God is speaking to him. God is saying, look, what has been prophesied has come to pass. Herod has a chance to embrace the king or reject him at his pearl. Praise the Lord. You see, when God has failed to get your attention by speaking audibly, he will speak to you through circumstances. He will shake things up. Some of us are stubborn. When we hear God speak to us in the normal way, we refuse to obey, we refuse to listen. So God uses the system that always works. He will use circumstances. He will do things to get your attention. He will shake your life. He will disorganize you. Jonah, the prophet Jonah, God told Jonah, go to Nineveh 
and preached to them repentance. Jonah refused. He fled from the Lord and went to Tarshish. The Bible says that when he fled from the Lord, God sent a storm after him. He sent a storm and a big fish. The storm shook the boat. You know the story? The people said, there is someone in this boat who is causing us trouble. Who is it? Finally, Jonah says, I'm the one. Throw me in the sea and you'll have no problems. The sailors grabbed Jonah and threw him in the sea and the sea calmed. But God also sent a big fish. He swallowed Jonah and took him down the bottom of the sea. When he was there, he repented and said, God, okay, 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 I will go. Don't kill me. I'm going, I'm going. When he repented, God commanded the fish to cast him on land. When the fish cast him on the land, then God came again and spoke to him audibly. When God speaks to you audibly and you refuse to listen, he will use circumstance to get your attention. He will use trouble. He will use men. He will use whatever is necessary to catch your attention. He used the storm to catch Jonah's attention. And in the Bible, this is evident everywhere. God was speaking to Pharaoh through those plagues and signs and wonders. Pharaoh refused to listen. And plague after plague, sign after sign, God was saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. Read the book of Exodus. All those signs, it was God speaking to Pharaoh, let my people go. Because Pharaoh was stubborn. Of course, you know the story. It took the death of all the firstborn for Pharaoh to accept and let God go. So, you might be here this morning and strange things are happening in your life. Things are not going well. The people are acting strange to you. Maybe your boss is acting strange to you. Or something is happening that you don't understand. It might be that God wants to catch your attention. God has been speaking to you audibly. You don't listen. So God has a method that always works. He will shake your life. He will shake your circumstance. He will use trouble. He will use people. He will use your enemies. All the time God is saying, will you please listen? I want to talk to you. Listen to me. In the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 4. Haggai. Haggai, chapter 1, verse 4. It says, is it time for you to dwell in your still houses and this house lie west? Verse 5. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. That word, go back to verse 5. It says, consider your ways. Look at your life. I've been speaking to you to build my house. You're not listening. Now, look at your life. Consider your ways. Verse 6. You have sown much, you bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. 
You drink, you're not thin. You put on clothing, but you don't feel warm. He that arms wages, unwages to put it in a bag with holes. You get a salary, you don't know where that money goes. God uses circumstance to speak to people. He told them, look, look at your life. Consider your ways. This method of communication is used when we are stubborn. When we are stubborn, God is forced to use circumstances, problems, enemies, poverty, injury. If someone is here today and you're going through a tough time, pause. Maybe God wants to catch your attention. There is something that God has been speaking to you, but you're not listening to him. God has no choice. This is one word of God. It is, it is God using pain and circumstance to get you to listen to him. And it works. It works. Hallelujah. Now, the second way that God speaks, let's go back to Matthew chapter 2 is God speaks through the Word of God. He speaks to the Word of God. In verse 3, Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, um, it says there, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Where is he going to be Verse 5. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophet. Now, when I read that this week, I said, My goodness, the word of God is in news in advance. The word of God is in news before news. Because when they were troubled, when Herod could not understand what's happening, he said, but who is this king? When is he going to be born? Does anybody know about this, this, this individual? He said, yes, O king, it is written in the word of God. I've come to remind you, God speaks through his word. If you want to know what will happen in the future, read the Bible. I'm telling you, what we see happening in the world today, the earthquake, the floods, uh, pandemics, the rumors of wars, the wars, all these things, Jesus spoke them 2,000 years ago. Matthew 24, they're there. They're there. The spirit of Antichrist the hatred for Jews, the hatred for the Christian, it is in there. Paul spoke about it. So every wise man who wants to know what God is saying about tomorrow, read the book. God speaks to us through the word of God. Hallelujah. 
in Paul in, uh, in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Let me show this in more detail to you. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. As you turn there, let me explain a few things to you. Paul is winding up his ministry. He's traveling back to Jerusalem. He knows this trip to Jerusalem is going to be full of danger. Just believers, I don't know what's happening in my life, but I feel I am bound by the Holy Spirit to go back to Jerusalem. What awaits me there, I don't know, but I sense danger. And he tells the believers and the leaders, come, I want to talk to you before I go, because you may never see me again. Acts chapter 20. He calls the elders of the church of Ephesus. He meets them at a place called Meritus. He tells them that when I'm gone, wolves, are going to rise up from within you and from outside, and they will wreak havoc in the church. But then he tells them something that I, I marvel. In verse 32, he says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Paul is saying, when I'm gone, when everything else is shaking and moving, when no one is available to be trusted, he says, I give you two things, two constants that will be reliable in every season, God and his word. When there are wolves everywhere, wolves outside, wolves within, and there's turmoil, confusion, and the church is being shaken, says, when I'm gone, I know two things that will preserve you and make sure you receive your inheritance. God and his word. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to talk about the word of grace. The word of grace, <laughs> this is something. The word of grace means that when we read this word, there is grace packed in it. This word gives us hope. It gives us direction. It strengthens us. It restores us. It builds us. It provides wisdom and guidance in life. It's a word of grace. When we are confused, when we are in a mess, read the word of grace. Because it provides structure in a mess. It, it it brings, it restores order in your life. It is the word of grace. If your future is dark and uncertain, like for those believers, 
all said, Banagi, I'm going, but there is trouble coming. What will I mistake? There are wolves coming. You read the book, Acts chapter 20. Says they, I see trouble. But when I'm not around, I'm giving you two things. Hold on to them. God and his word of grace. I was so blessed when I saw that. You know, last Thursday, I was so privileged to go to Rosita to preach the gospel. I went to the condemned section. The, 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 that section is, you, 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 are, you are examined, they check you, they check about you. They, I was checked about 10 times before I could enter that prison. And, uh, but I was so privileged to go there. When I was there, they told me, Pastor, welcome to the place where a gentleman called, it was Johnson Kamiya Wafamunno, the younger brother of uh, Gordon Wafamunno. He said that this is a place where people are dead, but they are walking. Condemned section. Because many of them, you know, they have never abolished the death sentence. It's still there. If the president wakes up to dances, so, 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 hang them. They, are, they live like that. Any moment they can, they, they can die. When I was there, I was surprised. I found people clapping, singing, laughing, rejoicing. When I looked at them, they had they were reading the book. And as they read the Bible, there was hope. They said, Pastor, we've made mistakes. We know we have done bad things. But we have hope. There is life after this. Whether we come out alive or die, we have hope. The word of grace. The word of grace. It does wonders. I mean, I was the one feeling sorry for them. But when I saw them rejoice, I said, my goodness. God, you're amazing. These men should be suffering from depression, feeling rejected, dejected, defeated. They should be sick mentally, but they were clapping. They were, they were singing. And I looked. There was the Bible. They were reading it. And now, when you're in prison, you read the Bible 24-7. <laughs> All the time. They read the book. They read the book, I'm telling you. I was so moved by what I saw. A study was made a study was made some years ago, and um, someone was trying to see how the Word of God transforms our lives. And they studied how people who read the Bible, how their lives were transformed. This is an empirical study. It's a true study. This is what they found. It says they discovered that People 
who read the Bible at least four days a week, they saw the following differences in their lives. One, they saw 416% increase in giving financially to the church. Their giving went up by 416%. That's, that's amazing. They also found that they, there was an increase in memorizing scripture by 407%. They also found that there was an increase in discipling other people by 231%. They also found that there was an increase in sharing their faith with others, and that increased by 228%. They found that there was a decrease in feeling spiritually stagnant or stuck. It decreased by 60%. When you read the Bible, your feeling of being depressed decreases by 60%. This is an empirical study. They found that when you read the Bible, there was a decrease in pornography viewing by 59%. If you have a problem with pornography, begin to read the Bible. They found that there was a decrease in having sex out of marriage by 58%. If you're here struggling with adultery and fornication, turn to the book. Turn to the book. They also found that there was a decrease in gambling by 45%. And there was a decrease in loneliness by 30%. That is the transformative power of the word of grace. It is living. It is breathing. It's the two-edged sword. The word of grace, Paul says, when I'm gone, when I'm no longer around, and there's trouble everywhere, you don't know what to do, you don't know what, where to turn, I am commending you to God himself, but don't forget the word of grace. Praise the Lord. Now, that same verse, it says, now, brethren, I commend to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Give you an inheritance. And he says, among all them which are sanctified, the more you read the Bible, the more it will set you apart, you will discover, you will become aware of a unique calling. You're not just called to be like any other team, uh, team Dick Harry. You, you, all of us are supposed to be set apart, set apart for something. There is a purpose for which you were created. The more you read the Bible, the more you discover your purpose and calling in this life. All of us are supposed to be sanctified, set apart for something, for a purpose. Many young people don't have direction. They don't know where to go because they don't know the Word of God. The Word of God, you can read the verse and it skips into your face. Hallelujah. Word of God speaks, it can speak. A scripture just jumps up to you. 
you discover that this is, this is what God has called me to do. Hallelujah. Now, I want to conclude. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. In that chapter, God spoke to Joseph and said to Joseph, flee because Herod will seek to kill the child. And without warning, without preparation, the next morning, Joseph and Mary and their baby fled to Egypt. I have a question for you. How did they survive in Egypt? They had no time to prepare, to do fundraising, get money. And I'm sure when they were there, it wasn't easy for Joseph to get a job being a Jew. So how did they get money for trans? That's a long distance. Traveling from Jerusalem down to Egypt. How did they manage? And they were in Egypt for probably maybe about a year or more because God told them, don't leave Egypt until I tell you. Because Herod wants to kill the child. It's possible they could have stayed in Egypt for eight months, a year, two years, three years. We don't know. How did they, how did they survive? Many of you probably have guessed the answer. The wise men, when they came to see Jesus, they brought silver, gold, frankincense, and many expensive spices. These wise men did not know that when they obeyed the word of God, when they followed the star, their obedience was going to be a blessing to others. The way God works is amazing. How God supplied their needs through these wise men. That gold and silver is what kept them for those months and years in Egypt. So you are here and God is speaking to you. You don't know that when you obey, your life will impact someone else. There are people waiting for you to obey God, for them to do what they need to do. These wise men found God. They followed the star. They followed the star. God spoke to them in dreams, and they obeyed. God speaks. Are you listening? That's the heading of this message. God speaks. Are you listening? Because this man heard God speak to them, and they left their home and came looking for the king of the Jews. When they found him, they gave him their best. And by the way, it is possible there were more than three. Some of us think there were only three. Because we think there are three because there were three, three sets of uh, gifts. No. There could have been 20 of them. Could have been 10. But when they came in obedience, they left silver and gold in the hands of Joseph. And within a matter of days, God says, now it's time to flee, go to Egypt. And they had the resources to spend all the time they were there. I want to close the testimony about this. In 1981, 1980, 81, 81, I was in the church here, and I gave every shilling I had in my pocket 
in the offering basket. I don't know what. That day I just emptied everything, put it there. Then later on that day, someone came and said, I have not had lunch. I, I don't know if you can help me. So I spoke to Irene Lubega, lend me money. I borrowed money from her. I gave this brother money to buy lunch. Then that very day, in the evening, we had an evening service. A brother called Bagise. Um, Reuben, remember Bagise? Yeah. Bagise came and said to me, Fred, I want to see you tomorrow in my office. Come and see me. I have a message for you. I thought this brother had a problem in his home or family or with the children and wanted me to pray with him. I said, I'll come. Normally, Mondays used to be a day off. We would stay in our homes and rest. But the brother said, no, no, you come to my office. I need to see you. So Monday I went, he used to be one of the top managers in post office many years ago. And I went to his office and when he saw me, he said, oh, thank you for coming. He pulled out a drawer and brought, gave me a big sack of money. You know, these big Paper bags, this brown, you people have grown up with Bouvera, you don't know what. At one time we had paper bags. May God save us from Bouvera. At one time we had paper bags, there, was, there were big brown paper bags. Did anybody see them? And he had put in money. Said, God spoke to me to give you this money. Friends, I held the money and I felt my head go around like this. At any second. And then he said to me, Brother, are you okay? Do you want transport? Did I give a, get a car to take you back home? I said, I said to him, No, I'm okay. Because I wanted to ask God, Why are you giving me this money? Then as I walked back, I, I, somehow I consumed the bag and I held it as if there was Bogoya or something in the bag. I, I pretended and walked. But along the way, God reminded me that we had plans to plant a church at Zambia. That's the money we used to plant that church. The church is there now. I used that money to hire the hall, to hire the equipment, the furniture, transport people. We booked the hall for several months. That's the money we used. Now, Bagise did not know that when he heard God speak to him to give me the, the money, he didn't know that it was helping me to fulfill God's purpose. These wise men obeyed God, followed the star, came with gifts, and gave it to the family. Joseph Mary Not knowing, a few hours later, they would have to flee their home and go to Egypt and live there for many, many months. That's the money that sustained them. So, I want to end with this. God is speaking. Are you listening? God speaks all the time. All the time. The question is, are you listening? And when you fail to listen, I hope you don't get into a situation where he has got to use circumstances, distress, problems, 
to get your attention. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with his might and fortified by the word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.